to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave continues his series called I Am, and he will be in the book of John, chapter 10 today. Some really interesting stuff. Stay tuned for that. Afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org is the place. A lot of information there about the church and things going on at the church, including our Pastor Appreciation Day coming up and a pie auction coming up as well. You don't want to miss that. If it's been a while since you've been to church or you're not quite sure what to do when it comes to church, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist? We'd love to have you there. Come as you are. We do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. We're going to dismiss our little ones at this time. You can head to the back. Our teachers are waiting in back for you. Man, how many of how many of you needed to be here this morning? Amen. Just need to get before God and and get get in a place where you can seek Him and get His presence. And I hope you came seeking and ready. I don't know about you, but I've had a rough week. Have you had a rough week? Anybody? Just for whatever reason, things have been a little bit rough. Whether it's just your work or just the things that are going on in our country, uh, maybe it's just. Your life, your relationship, maybe it's the things that you're battling with, but they just seem to overwhelm you at times. And, you know, maybe you came here this morning and you're looking for God to do something special in you. I know for me, I need to be in God's presence and uh, just to trust Him and expect great things from Him. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get into the teaching time. And I hope you came ready, seeking for what God had for you uh, because He does have something for you. Let's pray. Father God, We know that you are present, and we know that you are strong, and we know that you are trustworthy. And God, I pray that we can come to you, that we can feel like we can trust you with our problems and our baggage. And Lord, as we just sang this song about your faithfulness and how you've shown yourself over and over and over again in our lives as we've gone through hardships and trials. You've proven yourself faithful time and time again. And Lord, we expect that no matter what we're facing, that you'll do it again. God, that you are good for your promises and good on your word. And Lord, I pray that this morning as we look at this passage and this text, God, that we would trust you. And Lord, that you would speak to us and Lord, I know a lot has happened this last week, and we have a lot in our minds and our heads, and we've brought in junk and garbage, and we're distracted, and we get caught up in things in this life. And Lord, I pray for the next few moments, God, that we would just let you be present and speak to us, because God, we desperately need you. I desperately need you to just speak through the text. And we know your Holy Spirit is faithful to do so. So we ask God that you would do a work. You promise whether two or three are gathered in your name that you are present. So we know you're present this morning. We're expecting you to work. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever felt backed into a corner? Maybe this past week you felt backed into a corner or felt like you had very few options, depending on your life situation, like you just had no doors available. Maybe pressured. Have you ever felt pressured by life circumstances and trials, like you have no way out, no options, no open doors? 
At the end of high school, I felt backed into a corner. Very few doors available for me. I was still recovering from my parents' divorce and separation the summer before, and which was a super difficult time for me. But I, but I knew I had to make some life choices as I was finishing high school. My mom asked me, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I said the first thing that came to my mind, I'm going to take time off <laughs> and relax. I'm going to take time off and relax. Maybe you said that. Maybe your children have said that. Maybe between courses at college. So you just feel like the need to take time off. Maybe you've been laid off from work and you just feel like you need to gather your thoughts and relax and take time off. My mom said, absolutely not. You're either going to get a job or you're going to go into the army. Those were the only two options I had at 18 years old. I've got to be honest, I really didn't want to live at home with my mom anymore. I, I love her, but you know how it is. You want to move on and, and move out. And the military didn't seem too appealing either for me. I wasn't military material. I'm not military material. So I knew I had to buy some time, so I started this process of meeting a recruiter. Yeah, I did. Filling out all the paperwork, and the last step of the process was that I had to pass a drug test, and that was it. And then I was off to be all I could be in the army. I remember being so terrified, scared. I had no, guys, I had no intention of going. I felt forced. I felt pressured. I needed to do something, but yet I wasn't ready to move on. I wasn't ready to go through that door. So I stood there in Marquette in the office with all these officials waiting for this result, this drug test to come back, and they were talking about how great the army was and how it would change my life, and this was a good thing for me. And I knew that I intentionally failed that test. Intentionally failed that test. I I missed the mark. They, They dropped me from the program. My mom was disappointed. She had to live with me a little bit longer. My recruiter was disappointed, but deep down I was relieved. I was relieved. The pressure was off. In in life, if you just think about it, in life our doors look differently, don't they? The positions that we're in, our, our background, our race, Our family dynamic, not everyone has the same opportunity that you might have had in life. Not everyone has open doors, do they? I I know I didn't. I had very limited options. Today we're going to look at the third I am statement. Everybody say I am. am. We've looked at the bread of life, right, our portion We've looked at the light of the world, our, our hope, and now Jesus says this. And I just, I love this text and I love this passage because I feel like it's necessary right now. Listen, he says this, I am the door. That's powerful. We just stop there. Everybody go home. You guys are good. You've been going long. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And come in and go out and find pasture, green grass, living water, 
This door that we'll look at today does not discriminate. I love that about Jesus Christ and the door to salvation. It doesn't care about your color. It doesn't care about your age, your your lifestyle, your background, your mistakes. Amen? It's an open door. This door is different than any other door you've ever gone through in your life. This door will open up opportunities for you. This door leads to salvation. This door leads to hope. And most of you, all of you already possess the key. You already have what it takes to not only open the door, but go through the door and to obtain what's behind the door. It's yours. Anybody watch Let's Make a Deal? My wife loves that show. I can't stand it. You guys are like, oh, good. You can have what's behind the door if you choose. If you enter. If you want to do so. In Alice in the Wonderland, every door opened up to a different part of the Wonderland. She had to eat or ingest something to morph and to fit into the different door sizes and things like that. She had to make decisions. There was all these hoops and things like that that she had to go through. This door that we're going to talk about today is not like that. This door is unchanging. Amen? It's unwavering. It offers life after death, and it's always open. Isn't that a good thing? It's always open if you choose to enter. Turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 7 through 10. John chapter 10. There are Bibles in the front of your seats. If you don't have a Bible, you can use that and you can take it home. That's our gift to you. If you don't have one, feel free to use your smartphones or tablets or whatever you have. And I believe it's on the overhead as well. Amen? We ready to go? Listen to what it says. John chapter 10, verse 7 through 10. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I love the confidence in which he speaks. I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, the Bible says, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture A thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. We've recognized the thief in this last week, haven't we? A thief comes to only kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that they might have life. Everybody say life. That was weak. Everybody say life. And have it in abundance. What a promise. What a promise. What's the context of this I am statement. We want want to understand the context of these statements. Jesus Christ had just opened a door. Simple, right? He just opened a door, a closed door for a man that had been blind from birth. And, And he wiped, remember the sign that he wiped the mud over the eyelids of this blind man. And he sent him to the pool of Siloam. To wash. There was a process here. He wasn't just going to give him his sight back. He had to go and respond in obedience. Don't we have to respond in obedience when he offers us salvation? Absolutely. The pool, that means 
the spring of living water, the spring of salvation. You think Jesus Christ was intentional about where he was sending the blind man to receive his sight, blind his entire life. Blind. And Jesus steps in and and he gives him his sight. He restores hope. Think about it. This man had never seen color shapes before his encounter with with Christ. He lived in in complete and utter darkness. Helpless and alone in so many ways. Maybe you can identify with that. Have you ever felt alone? Helpless? This man had limited doors. Some of you this morning say, I have limited doors. I have limited options. This man had limited Opportunities, And I I love the text that John captures the word pass by. As Jesus Christ passed by this blind man who had no options, no doors, Jesus steps in and he gives him a way out of the dark. Amen? An open door. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that's been you. Or at least that's how you felt recently. That you had limited options and you felt oppressed and... In a place of darkness. Has, has God ever kept you in the dark? None of you? I just like, I don't know, do I raise my hand, Pastor? Has God ever kept you in the dark at all in your life? Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, this last year and a half, He's kept me in the dark about most of the things that I'm doing and where I'm going. Waiting for God to respond. And yet I keep on just trusting His faithfulness. Now what we have to do, just trust God in His faithfulness. Has God ever delayed your promise? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just think of how difficult your life would be if you were blind. Put yourself in the shoes of this man here. Jesus steps in and he makes a way. Picture this man's life. The Bible says that he was a beggar. He had no hope. Picture this man's life prior to his encounter with with Jesus, the living water, the bread of life, the light of the world, the door. Empty, right? Are you there? Do you picture it? Do you picture the scene scenario? Empty, dark, without hope. Think back prior to the moment of your own salvation, those that are saved those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm speaking to the believer this morning right now through your relationship with Jesus. Do you remember what it was like before you encountered the great I Am? Maybe not. Do you remember what that was like? How that felt? Before your encounter with God in His holiness, in His grace. I think the greatest thing about our God is the grace that He shows us. In our times of weakness and darkness, and yet He just pours out His love and His affection for us. You remember that time that you met God, and He said, listen, you're mine. You're mine. And I've given you a way out. I remember my life without Christ, and it was empty. Just complete emptiness. I never felt supported. I never felt understood. I never had peace. You know what I'm talking about? Peace that we have by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
I was constantly looking at other things in life to, to satisfy me, but never being successful. You know what I'm talking about, amen? We try all this other stuff to fill that void and that emptiness, and yet God will fill that void. He'll fill that dark place, that, that cavity deep within us. You know what I'm talking about. He offers us hope. Being lost, we talk about it, we just don't even understand it anymore in the church. It's like, yeah, we hear that all the time, they're lost. We have to reach the lost. Being lost is the same thing as being blind. In other words, living without Jesus is constant darkness. I've experienced that darkness, haven't you? Even as a follower of Jesus, I have times where it's dark. Do you? Can I be honest about that? I'm pursuing God. I'm following God. I'm trying to do the right things. Of darkness there. And we're waiting for God to show up and pour His light into our lives. Some of you that are here today are not saved. Let's just be honest. You're here in church because somebody invited you. You're here because of whatever reason. Maybe somebody promised you lunch after coffee casual service. I don't know what the promise was, but you're not a believer. You're not saved. You're in church, but you're not born again. And not because you don't want to be, or because you don't have the desire to be saved, but because you don't fully understand the need to be saved by God. There's something missing in your life. Just think about that. Is there something missing in your life? It's not sex. It's not drugs. It's not a relationship. We desire relationships, don't we? Be in community. It's not the desire for greater friendships. It's not about gambling or alcohol to fill that void. It's not financial gain or success or promotion. What we can acquire or what we can have or what we can build. It's Jesus Christ. That's the void. That's the void. And yet, and yet we fill the darkness and we fill the cavity with all these other things that we, we so desperately desire. And it's Christ, the bread of life. The portion. His body, His sacrifice, His gift, His love. It's Him. It's the light of the world. It's the door. Until we understand how lost and depraved we actually are, Jesus doesn't make much sense, does he? We just don't get it. And some of you are good people. I get that. You've done good things, but it's not about doing good things. We're born into this life of sinner in need of grace. Until we understand our own mortality and humanity, Jesus doesn't make much sense and Yet those that are lost go, we we see what they have and I don't get it and it confuses me. Like why do they put their hope and trust in in Jesus? Some people just think we're foolish and silly. I used to think that about believers. I was raised in the church and I was like, ah, I don't want any of that. I don't want that life. I'll fill my life with all sorts of stuff that I know will satisfy maybe for a moment. Amen? He is the life that you desperately need. 
He's the solution to every problem you have. It's an addiction. He's the answer. If it's marital issues, he's the answer. If it's loneliness, he's the answer. If there's emptiness, he's the answer. He's the door. He's the door. He's the opportunity. He's what's available. Like we're going to die one day. Amen? The other day, Caden said to me, that's my nine-year-old, he said, Dad, when you die, can I have everything in your bank account? (laughs) And I said, no. (laughs) I said, if I die or when I die, your mother gets everything in our bank account. He said, okay. When mom dies, can I have everything in your bank account? No. Quit asking. They've already got me signed off the Camaro and other things that they want. I would hope that we're more valuable than our savings and what little we have. We're going to die. All of us will eventually pass. I may sound dark. Doesn't it sound dark? We just don't want to talk about it. My wife said, don't ever talk about death. We just, and I discuss it sometimes and she hates it. We understand death. We've all seen death in our life. We've experienced death at some level. We've lost a loved one. Death can be final. Can it not? Let me just say it like this. Jesus Christ is the only one that can prevent death from being eternal. Just Jesus. No other option. Without opening the door, faith in Christ, our lives end in this life, which sounds terrifying, doesn't it? But not when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Church, I don't fear death anymore. I don't worry about dying. Of course, I don't like the idea of my children being left behind, my wife being left behind, but I know God will take care of them because God is always taking care of me. And I know where I'm going, Amen. I know because I've trusted Jesus with my life. Remember last week when Jesus was defending himself to the Pharisees and the crowd and his I am statement, I am the light of the world, he said this. This is Jesus speaking. I know where I'm from. I know where I'm from and and where I'm going. He said to the Pharisees, you do not. But I do. I do. Can you say that this morning with confidence? Can you say that this morning with complete confidence? I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know that I know where I'm going. Everybody say, I know where I'm going. Jesus says, my testimony is valid. My testimony is valid. My testimony is true. Church, we're, we're living in such a dark time, are we not? And it's terrifying. I've just been grieved this past week, haven't you? And I don't normally get emotional about things in the news, but but watching 59 people being killed at a concert with sons and daughters, with brothers and sisters and, and moms and dads watching videos of hundreds of people running for their lives because of the wickedness of one man gunning people down for, for no reason does something to your soul. Does it not? 
Amen? And I try to get in the Word Monday morning. I just was so heavy. I said, God, how am I going to prepare a message for your people? I'm grieved and I'm broken and I'm sad. Sad. Did it not make you sad? By Wednesday or Thursday, it's old news. Isn't it? We just move on to the next thing. For me, church, it only increases the urgency. Everybody say urgency. To share Jesus with others that much more. Because I believe God has us in this I Am series for two reasons. Number one, so those that are here, that are attending Houghton Baptist, who haven't yet trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, will. That you'll just do it. Why wait another day? Amen? Amen. That you walk out of this place knowing where you're going. By faith and trust in Jesus, the God, the door that saves. Living water. My hope. And secondly, church, for those who have the church, born-again believers, followers of Jesus Christ, that we start to share Jesus with greater passion and urgency. Don't let this just be old news and you flip the channel and you move on. We might not get another chance. There's no greater time than right now to put your faith and trust in Jesus. I'm done running. I understand there's darkness. I understand that I'm a sinner. I'm in desperate need of his grace and his love and his forgiveness. I trust him as my Lord and Savior. The world we live in is dark, isn't it? The culture that surrounds us is dark. It's the the void of God, is it not? Jesus reiterates his second I am statement. I am the light of the world. So when you're grieved and discouraged and there's darkness, He is the hope. He is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He is the light of the world. That's where we need to direct our attention and focus on Jesus. Amen? Not in those dark spots. Get out of the hole. Focus yourself on Christ. He says, if anyone follows me, not if anyone comes to a church, not if anyone does good things, Not if anyone does good things for people or help the poor or be a good person. He says, I am the light of the world. If anyone follows me, are you following Jesus? He says, you will not walk in darkness. There may be darkness around you, in our culture, in our community, in our family life. You will not walk in darkness, but in the light of life. This blind man was helpless and without hope. And Jesus Christ made a way for him. I love that about our God. Amen? God has made a way out. And it's through faith in Jesus Christ, in his death, his burial, in his resurrection. The eyesight of the blind man was just the beginning. It was the icing on the cake of what God had for this man. It wasn't just about the sign and the miracle and the eyesight. It's going to lead him to that water and hope. Faith in Jesus, God's Son. 
And just think how good his life would be just with the eyesight. Would you imagine how excited he would be to live his life, not be that beggar on the corner anymore, being bypassed and overlooked, but to be able to see, see, and have his hope in Christ moving forward, moving out of the darkness. Immediately after his eyesight was restored, he was confronted by friends. Have you ever been confronted by friends? You know, you've got that new hope in Jesus, and you're on fire for God, and friends confront you like, what's with you? What's different? What's changed? And of course, he's confronted by family and the Pharisees and questioning his healing, trying to figure out like what happened. Like, this man is different. He's changed. He's restored. He's renewed The text says the family didn't even really recognize the man. Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, which was like uh, something you didn't do. This was against the law. And Jesus bypassed the law. He he ignored the culture and the Pharisees by performing this, this sign because giving this hope to this man was more important than following the law. Thus setting up this statement, listen carefully, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. If anyone enters by me, think of the conversation, the dialogue that happens between the Pharisees and Jesus and this blind man and all that's taking place. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. He'll find everything that he's been looking for in life but it has to come through me. Through me. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. These are not just catchy verses. He's giving us clear directions. In other words, the only way you will find peace and happiness and joy and satisfaction is through Jesus Christ. A personal, real, authentic relationship with Jesus. Amen? Romans 10.9 says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. What does it say? Anybody know? I, I didn't hear you. Say it again. You will be saved. You will be saved. The gospel is so simple, and yet the church complicates it. Christ followers complicate it. We as Christians complicate it. It's super simple. There's nothing more you must do. We don't work for our salvation. We don't work to keep our salvation. It's not about being good or being bad. It's a declaration of the heart, the mind, and the mouth. Everybody say it's a declaration. As a kid, my sisters used to lock me out of the house. I've forgiven them. They they used to lock me and John out of the house, and, and I hated it. I mean, most of the time it was because they were cleaning and I think we got on their nerves, horsing around and being little brothers. But either way, they locked the doors. The doors were, were locked. 
And I used to get so angry and upset. In fact, one time I broke the kitchen window because my older sister had her face. <laughs> right? And I'm like, no, the, the door's locked. And they're, you know, smiling and smirking like older sisters can do and teasing. And, and I was so upset. I mean, I just let me in the door. Please. It's hot out here. She's just smirking. Banging on the glass. I've got one of those doors at home, and every time the kids get on either side, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. All of my toys were inside, about eight, nine years old. My G.I. Joes, you can't go anywhere without G.I. Joes. Amen? My bedroom was in there. My, the bathroom was, was in there. The snacks were in there, the good snacks. I didn't want to eat from the garden church. I wanted something wrapped and... And yet they would lock us out. And we'd stand at the door and get upset. And Everything you'll ever need in this life and in the life to come is on the other side of that door. With me? You following me? But you must enter through Christ. That's it. The Bible so clear. It's not something we make up. We don't just say it. Through Jesus. You you can't hop the fence. (laughs) You can't break in. You can't go around. You can't earn it. You must enter through faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way you get in through the door. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace. Everybody say grace. grace. You have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift. Amen? It is the gift of God. The Bible says the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus Christ came to give life and in abundance. Isn't this what I've been telling you this morning? What He offers us through the door? Think of the obstacles that have kept you from God and and your relationship with Him. Think of the mistakes, the countless mistakes and failures you've made or, or trials you've gone through that has delayed your promise and your experience with God. Think of the doors that have been locked or slammed shut, kept you from Him. A life with God is an abundant life. It's not a life of luxury or great wealth. It's not a life without problems, but it's a life with great promise. I have come that they might have life and life in abundance. That's the promise. That's the door. That's the gift. That's the invite. Can I just read one more verse? Is that okay? Can I preach just a little while longer? Is that all right? I'm going anyways. In verse 35, it says, When Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, this is the blind man that that we're, we're reading about, the Pharisees were done, they were upset, they were confused about what had happened. When Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, I just love how Jesus goes broken and the hurting and, and those cast aside. He found him and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? And, and, the, and the blind man says, Who is he, sir? 
that I may believe in him. And Jesus answered, You have seen him. You have seen him. Those that don't know Jesus in this room this morning, maybe you've seen him through God's people, through the church, or acts of God. You have seen the opportunity. You've seen the door that's been presented to you, and, and you've resisted, and you've fought, and you've looked the other way, and you thought, well, I can just wait another day. Jesus said to him, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And the blind man says this, I believe, Lord. Amen? I believe, Lord. I believe it's you. I knew you were more than a prophet, a healer. You've given me more than my eyesight. You've given me salvation. You've given me hope. You've given me a way out. I believe, Lord. It says then he worshipped him. And that's sweet. I can picture this man's sight restored and now he's saved and he falls before God's son and he worships. He worships. Let's pray. Father God, you know the hearts of all your people. You know the hearts of the churched and the unchurched. You know our place. You know our position. God, I'm not going to offer an altar call and make it about me or the church or about the service or the message. God, if you spoke to someone this morning and they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, would they just pray this prayer? I know I'm a sinner in need of grace, in need of Jesus. I confess my sin and my emptiness and my brokenness. I'm in need of Jesus. I believe in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Would you be Lord of my life? In your name we pray. Amen. I pray for the the church this morning. God, that we would be reminded that there's a great wickedness and darkness in our area, in our country. And Lord, people desperately need you. They need a relationship with you. And we're supposed to be following you and extending that light and grace and hope to others. Let us be bold in our faith. Let us stop wasting so much time with other things. God, raise us up to be mighty for you. Point people to the door. Point people to you. God, would you protect our church? I pray that you'd be with the sick that can't be here today, those that are hurting, our physical conditions, our anxiety, our depression, our brokenness, our addictions. Everything that's not of you, God, we bring before you to the cross. Heal us. Build us up. Restore us and use us for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand at this time? 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.